0: Here's a follow-up from a few days ago on some words by Joe Brunoli that he took and made into a full-blown article. This was originally a Facebook post in the Facebook group Alliance Against Democrat Hypocrisy. Before I read that one, though, I'm going to launch into a new article by Red Flag, which is an Australian publication. This is by Mick Armstrong. Bernie Sanders and the left. What happened? The two presidential campaigns of Bernie Sanders have culminated in the U.S. left coming under enormous pressure to fall in line behind the neoliberal Joe Biden. Where did it all go wrong? Bernie Sanders inspired hope among millions of working-class Americans appalled by the dire state of U.S. politics. With his attacks on the billionaire class, his talk of socialism, and his program of Medicare for All, a $15 minimum wage, and free university tuition, at last, there seemed to be an alternative to far-right Republicans like Trump and despised pro-big business Democrats like Hillary Clinton. Sanders tapped into a mood for change in an increasingly polarized U.S. society. On the one hand, there was the growth in support for Trump and various far right conspiracy theorists and outright fascist groups. On the other hand, there was a sustained increase in the number of people favoring some sort of socialist alternative to capitalism. As early as 2011, a Pew Research Center poll showed that most young people had a more positive view of socialism than of capitalism. Sanders' two presidential campaigns built on and reinforced these sentiments. His support was particularly strong among young people, a majority of whom now reject capitalism. This was an important development in a country where there is no equivalent to the Australian or British Labour Parties and where socialist ideas of all stripes had long been marginalized by the Cold War anti-communist consensus. A further reflection of this trend was the growth of the Democratic Socialists of America, which now claims something like 70,000 members. You don't have to scratch too deeply beneath the surface to understand why this shift occurred. The 2007-2008 global financial crisis resulted in millions of U.S. workers losing their jobs and or their homes. But the banks and the giant financial corporations that caused the crisis were bailed out to the tune of trillions of dollars by Democratic President Barack Obama. Workers' taxes paid for those handouts. Well, no. Sorry. The Fed printing money into existence paid for those handouts. But I digress. The U.S., like most of the Western world, has become an incredibly unequal society. The minimum wage is derisory. Today's young people are set to be worse off than their parents' generation. Compounding all that are endemic racism and militarism the unrelenting police shootings of blacks and the long decades of murderous wars from Iraq to Afghanistan justified by rampant Islamophobia. The bind was that there were limits to Sanders' politics, which constrained and eventually reversed the radical potential of his campaign. By the standards of most other Western capitalist societies, Sanders was a moderate social democrat. He was, for example, nowhere near as left-wing as Jeremy Corbyn in Britain, Sanders could seem much more radical than he actually was because of the abysmally right-wing nature of U.S. politics. While his program put forward important individual reforms, it was not an anti-capitalist program and Sanders never called for getting rid of capitalism. Sanders is not an opponent of U.S. imperialism. He is a strong advocate of a hardline U.S. stance against China, is pro-Israel and has long-standing connections with sections of the military-industrial complex. From early in his political career in Burlington, Vermont, Sanders was a strong backer of the police. So, unsurprisingly, he has refused to support the Black Lives Matter demand to defund the police. These serious limitations of Sanders' politics were glossed over or apologized for by most of his supporters on the left. Such an approach meant that newly radicalizing young people were not educated in clear-cut anti-imperialist politics, vital for socialists in the U.S., which remains the number one imperialist power in an increasingly conflict-ridden world. Furthermore, while Sanders called for building a movement, it was a movement aiming to get him and other progressive Democrats, such as Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, elected to office, not a movement of workers and youth to fight in the workplaces and on the streets for major reforms or to challenge capitalism. The bigger problem limiting the radical potential of the Sanders campaign was that it remained trapped within the framework of the Democratic Party. The number two party, barely, of US imperialism. Born as the party of the southern slaveholders, the Democrats have always served the interests of the rich and powerful and of US military might. From Wilson to Roosevelt to Truman to Kennedy to Johnson to Clinton to Obama, democratic presidents have waged war after war of pillage and plunder. Attempting to reform the Democrats is an utter dead end for socialists. What is vitally needed in the U.S. is a genuinely radical working-class political alternative to the Democrats. Sanders could have helped build such an alternative if, after his defeat in the 2016 primaries, he had run as a social Democrat against both Clinton and Trump. But despite facing a brutal dirty tricks campaign by the Democrats' corporate establishment, Sanders offered no alternative to his many supporters. He called on them to back the despicable Clinton. Despite his supposed independent status, Sanders incorporated himself deeper and deeper into the Democratic mainstream after the 2016 elections. He tried to build not a left-wing alternative to the Democrats, but a mildly progressive faction very much loyal to this party of big business. Ding, ding, ding. To prove his loyalty in the 2018 midterm elections, Sanders campaigned for liberal, centrist, and right-wing Democratic candidates. And from the outset of the presidential primaries, Sanders made it clear that he would back whoever won the Democratic nomination, even a hardline conservative like Joe Biden. Although he was again savagely done over by the Democratic establishment, Sanders remained true to his word. Indeed, Sanders and the likes of Ocasio-Cortez have gone out of their way to praise Biden. In order to get on board left-wingers hostile to Biden, Sanders and other liberal Democrats have painted Biden as some sort of savior of workers' interests against Trump. This is despite Biden making it crystal clear that he will not back any of Sanders' policies and focusing his campaign on making concessions to right-wing Republicans worried that Trump's behavior discredits U.S. imperialism's standing in the world. So rather than working for a break from the Democrats, Sanders and the likes of Ocasio-Cortez have acted as a safety valve for U.S. capitalism's B-team, They have tried to channel a growing radicalism, especially among young people, back into the discredited Democrats. Following this same trajectory, the Democratic Socialists of America have been increasingly incorporated as the progressive wing of the Democrats. Sanders has joined a long line of past liberals, progressives, and social Democrats who have helped prop up the Democratic Party in the face of mass upsurges of disaffection by giving it a seemingly radical face. These various progressives have played and continue to play a vital role in maintaining the stability of U.S. capitalism. Their role is one of the key factors in explaining why U.S. workers don't have their own party independent of the two mainstream capitalist parties, even a pathetically inadequate one like the British or Australian labor parties. The other significant negative impact of the Sanders campaign has been on the politics of sections of the socialist left. Thrown off balance by the surge of support for Sanders, important sections of the socialist left threw themselves largely uncritically into his campaign. They embraced it as a get-rich-quick scheme for mass influence. Softening their socialist politics to fall in line behind Sanders did nothing to advance working-class struggle or mass campaigns like Black Lives Matter or to build the revolutionary left. It strengthened the hand of the reformists and liberals who dominated and set the political terrain of Sanders' campaign. Numerous leftists abandoned the long-standing stance of the radical and revolutionary left in the U.S., from the syndicalists of the industrial workers of the world to Eugene Debs' Socialist Party to the early U.S. Communist Party to the Trotskyist movement, of not voting for candidates of either of the two dominant capitalist parties, Initially, many on the left, including leaders of the Democratic Socialists of America, proclaimed that it was Bernie or bust, that they would campaign only for Sanders and not for a right-wing corporate Democrat like Biden. But abandoning the socialist principle of not supporting candidates of openly capitalist parties in order to back Sanders and Ocasio-Cortez became a slippery slope. If you were prepared to vote for Sanders running as a Democrat on a mild social democratic program against Trump, it is no great further stretch to vote for the lesser evil Biden against the fascist Trump. Indeed, many of the former supporters of Bernie or bust have now caved in to the relentless campaign of the Democrats and the liberal establishment to back Biden. But falling in behind Biden and the Democrats will do nothing to strengthen the hand of workers and the oppressed to resist the harsh attacks they will inevitably face. But falling in behind Biden and the Democrats will do nothing to strengthen the hand of workers and the oppressed to resist the harsh attacks they will inevitably face, whoever sits in the White House after the presidential elections. Moreover, it will do nothing to counter the threat from the right, which has grown in the very soil of the harsh neoliberal capitalism championed by Democrats such as Biden. What is vitally needed in the U.S. is a fighting socialist movement to champion mass struggles like the Black Lives Matter movement and to build broader working class resistance. Those struggles won't be advanced by tailing the Democrats, no matter how seemingly progressive, but only by building a militant working class political alternative. So in that setting, Joe Brunoli's article makes even more sense. A Rational Reason to Hope Biden Loses by Joe Brunoli, If he wins without the left, progressives like Bernie and AOC will be stripped of all power. And here's an aside for me. Bernie and AOC know exactly what's going to happen after Biden wins. They ain't gonna get squat. Berniecrats who still support Bernie should do everything they can to oppose Biden. Here's why. In the aftermath of the 2016 election, when centrist Democrat Hillary Clinton failed to beat Trump, the Democratic establishment famously refused to do a postmortem to find out why they lost. Officially, their theory of the case was that the Russians had helped Trump win and that the Trump base that elected him were an irredeemable group of racists and white supremacists anyway. But in the back rooms and quiet hallways of power in DC, the Democrats knew differently. They knew that their failure to attract Bernie supporters may have cost them the election. That is why they reacted to the loss by making Bernie part of the Senate Democratic leadership. On November 16th, just days after the massive electoral loss, Bernie Sanders was named chairman of outreach during a closed door Senate Democratic caucus meeting. Senator Debbie Stabenow of Michigan said Sanders was brought into the leadership to better represent the different factions of the Democratic caucus in decision-making. We want to expand on that, and he will be reaching out to all our allies, she told reporters. This was an obvious but very logical move to signal to Bernie's base that they still had a place in the Democratic Party. But things are different in 2020. Four years ago, Hillary was very accommodating to both Bernie and his supporters. She actively tried to woo Bernie's base, and she even campaigned with Bernie. The two appeared many times together at events to demonstrate their cooperation and push for party unity. But there is nothing like that happening this year. In fact, just the opposite is happening. Joe Biden is running away from Bernie every chance he gets. He trashes Bernie in interviews and debates saying, I beat the socialist. I beat the Socialists, Mr. Biden said. That's how I got elected. That's how I got the nomination. Do I look like a Socialist? Look at my career, my whole career. I am not a Socialist. Biden repeatedly falls for the baiting tactic of the GOP, strongly denouncing Bernie and AOC and asserting that they have no influence in the Democratic Party. Indeed, Biden sounded almost like Trump when he dismissed Bernie for the umpteenth time saying, I am the Democratic Party. And of course, he follows that up with a steady refrain of, I am not a socialist. The Democrats and the Biden campaign have made a very conscious decision to place their electoral bets on winning over moderate Republicans and conservative Democrats and independents. At the same time, they have made a determined effort to reject those on the left, young people, and blue-collar workers. In short, the Bernie base. In fact, it seems as if Biden is running against Bernie almost as much as he is running against Trump. Ding, ding, ding. If Biden wins with this strategy, the Democrats will crow that they won by attracting Republicans to their cause. They will claim that the American people believed Biden when he said the Democrats rejected Bernie and AOC. They will say that their winning message was that the party would follow Biden's lifetime example of conservatism and corporate-friendly policies. Many people have observed that if the Democrats win the Senate this year, Bernie Sanders will be head of the Senate Budget Committee. He is, after all, the ranking member of that committee currently, so this would seem to make sense. In fact, Republicans have campaigned on this very possibility. Lindsey Graham told a group of donors to dig deep because if the Senate flips to Democrats, Bernie Sanders is the Budget Committee chairman. But think about it! If Biden gets elected by saying that Bernie does not represent the party, if he thinks that he needs to sideline Bernie in order to maintain his support on the right, will he allow Bernie to ascend to such a powerful and high profile position? No way! Likewise, Democrats taking control of the Senate would make Bernie chairman of the Senate Subcommittee on Health Care. Do you really think Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer and the rest of the Democratic leadership will let the world's number one proponent of Medicare for all take over that chair? No way. Remember, Bernie is not a Democrat. He is not an official member of the Democratic caucus and he does not have any official seniority, power, or influence in that caucus. Everything that Bernie has, he has solely due to the good graces of Chuck Schumer and the rest of the Democratic leadership. And if Biden assumes power, the Democrats in the Congress will follow his lead. That is how D.C. works. Biden's White House staff will reflect the same neoliberal conservatism that Biden does. They will pressure the congressional leaders not to allow leftists like Bernie and AOC to occupy any sort of prominent or powerful position, lest the conservatives and the never-Trump Republicans point and shriek in horror, screaming that they have been tricked and betrayed by Biden, the Trojan horse for socialism. The best thing that true Bernie supporters can hope for is that the Democrats win the Senate but lose the White House. If that happens, we can expect that Bernie's star will rise as it did following the 2016 debacle. If, however, Biden wins with an openly anti-Bernie campaign, you can rest assured that Bernie will not be seen or heard from at all in the Senate for the next four years. So, dear viewers and listeners, not only should you not vote for Biden, you should do everything possible, everything in your power to sabotage Biden. Friends don't let friends vote for corporatists.